Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. Well, the topic this evening is growing. And I have with me uh, some of our staff ladies that I've invited. And um, for those who don't know, that's Pastor Yannette on my right from Durban North, lead pastor and Pastor Claire on my left, lead pastor at Belito. Uh, we have Danae, trainee pastor uh, from Centurion who runs that campus with her husband. And on my left here, I've got Mo. I call her my little girl because she's precious to me. She works very closely with me and she assists me and my PA to help Pastor Andre and I get the job done. And then to my right, I've got Sasanke, who is full-time at KidZone and works with your beautiful children with absolute passion and creativity. And then last but not least, we've got Pastor Paulette, who is our worship pastor and who does a fantastic job to lead us all into the presence of God. So I only have one question for you at home tonight before the word. And I have only one question for the ladies that have joined me. And I've asked each and every one of them, starting with Pastor Claire, how do you know you have grown? Well, great question, Pastor Vilma. Um, I know I've grown in so many ways because I, I can see the fruit is evident. And I think for me, one of the biggest areas in which I've had to grow is learning to let go of control of various aspects of my life. You see, um, very early on in my life, I developed a sense of insecurity and, and a lack of control in life. I lost my mom when I was seven very suddenly. I lost my father in, uh, when I was 22. And in between that, I lost my stepmother in my teens. And so I developed quite a severe anxiety disorder and a PTSD. And with that came um, a great sense of vulnerability to life because just a feeling that anything can happen in life and may very well. And so I began to need to control the areas of my life that I could control. And uh, so when this pandemic hit and everything just turned upside down, we were really... Um, we were at the mercy of this pandemic and at the mercy of our leaders, our government and the decisions that they were going to make. Everything changed, as we all know. And I found that there was very little that I felt in control of. Um, I found that I was no longer in control of our congregation as I was previously. I was no longer in control of my children's schooling. You know, homeschooling was not my thing, baby. And uh, we were falling quite far behind. And uh, I wasn't in control of even, you know, when we were going to be able to do certain things. And in ministry life, of course, we have to be very flexible, but we always have a vision. We always know what goal we're working towards. So that is a sense of security for me. But now we just sat from day to day waiting. When are we going to hear good news, bad news? And I find myself getting quite frustrated and getting quite down and isolated at times. 
And uh, so as we worked through this COVID pandemic and as we worked through the different levels of lockdown, I found that I had to put some things in place. I had to accept that I had to give control to God, that He is in control when everything is out of control. He still has control. I had to give it over to Him. I had to do what I could to control the small things and to put some different routines in place. And uh, I had to really take control of my mind. If there's one thing God expects us to take control of, it's to take control of our thoughts and to take captive every thought. And so I really had to grow through that. And I believe that I have. And uh, here we are. We've come through the other side. And if ever we go to lockdown level five again, I think I'll, I'll be much more prepared. God is good. He's on the throne. And uh I'm grateful for this experience, to be quite honest, because it's helped me to become a better person in God. Thank you, Pastor Claire. Pastor Paulette? That was beautiful, Claire. Thank you. And uh, I, lo- I think there's something with all of us girls, how we wired. We do love to control things. Um, I feel like as part of my own journey, how do I know that I've grown? I feel like since coming to know Christ, Everything is different from being a relatively shy uh, person that would prefer to sit in the corner of a room. And for some of you that maybe have known me over the past 15 years, you might be saying, wow, that doesn't sound like you, but that, that was me. Um, to having to step out into different seasons of life. Um, many of you would know my story that I've shared from this platform before, you would know that I was pregnant at 18 from another country across the globe and all of a sudden found myself in South Africa, getting married, a new young mom, a new husband, so many things to navigate, things where I felt so out of my depth. And that is not a feeling that I like. (laughs) I like to be strong. I like to be together. I like to have my ducks in a row. I like them to be clean. I like them to be quacking in a particular order. That makes me feel good. And I've had to to learn in so many different scenarios that like Pastor Claire said, I I can't always have that. And I've had to grow through failure. My personality, I don't like to fail. I don't like to get it wrong. I don't like to have it that, wait a minute, my children are not you know, behaving the way that they're supposed to be behaving, but yet I'm the children's church pastor at the time. How does that work? Um, Challenges in your marriage, in finances, just all the different seasons that life has to bring. And I've had to learn not to flap in my failure, um, but to embrace it as an opportunity to learn, to understand that sometimes the things that have been most painful that I've had to journey through were absolutely God's purpose and design because there was things and areas he needed to grow and stretch in me or get out of me because ultimately God uses everything to grow us, amen, to strengthen us. And we don't do that in our comfort zone. And I think if I look back through all of these years, the uncomfortable places have been the places where I've seen the most growth and uh, not something that, that we, we typically tend to want to, you know, let's go for the most difficult, you know, how can this really be painful? How can this be the most difficult? But yet God works in those things. And I think in a season like this, for us all to take encouragement at heart that, you know, God is with us and that there is purpose to this 
pandemic, there is purpose to our pain and there is definitely strength for our stretching as God uses it to bring Him glory. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Sasanka? That's so good, Pastor P. And now, as we've heard from Pastor Claire and Pastor P, growth looks different for all of us. And in particularly for me, the seasons where God has really grown and developed me have been in seasons of waiting. And one season that comes to mind particularly is my season of singleness. So now, I've got a best friend and we had always planned that we were going to date at around the same time, get married at around the same time, two brothers, and hopefully live next door to each other. And as you would have it, God had other plans and things didn't really work out that way. And um, it was such a, a tough season for me to navigate because most of my closest friends were getting married. And so seeing God give this blessing to them made me feel sometimes like forgotten and made me feel alone. But those were the times and moments where I was able to really just press into God and press into who He is and just really de delight and devote myself in Him. And I found myself growing in my identity in God, growing in my confidence, growing in my purpose as well. And um, as you would have it, God worked it out so perfectly that even though my best friend and I are not necessarily um, going to be married to brothers, we are married to the closest of friends who are ultimately brothers in Christ. And so even in the growth, as, as Pastor P said, it can be so difficult and so uncomfortable, but it's in those seasons of discomfort where the most growth will happen if we allow God to grow us and to develop us. It's something that is intentional and something that you need to willingly surrender to God and allow Him to do what only God can do. So in those seasons of discomfort, you need to choose growth and choose God because ultimately it's those um, seasons of discomfort and growth that will take us closer to God. Wow. Thanks, Sanke. Wow. So sort of give it a moment to sink in. Amen. Okay, Danae, let's hear from you. Um, I really think that Sonke put that so beautifully, you know, your seasons of discomfort. Um, I think seasons look different for, for all of us. Um, I think something that God has always brought me to a point of growth in is um, through forgiveness. You know, a lot of ladies uh, would have heard me share my testimony in the beginning of lockdown where I shared that I grew up in a, an abusive home with an abusive stepdad. Um, but I also shared of how God brought me through that to a point now where I get to live in purpose. I'm married to an incredible man. I have a stepdad now that, you know, loves me unconditionally, um, you know, but I had to choose back then to forgive. And I think often we get so stuck in this obstacle of unforgiveness that, you know, it distorts our reality. It distorts what our challenges and our circumstances really look like. But I think every single day we have the opportunity to choose forgiveness because we know that, you know, forgiveness isn't this fuzzy feeling that comes on you and you're like, oh, okay, cool, I've forgiven now. Um, no, it's in the hardest of times where, you know, you have to choose to forgive and only when you've done that can you have a godly perspective of your life and of your, your circumstances. And I think, you know, across, um, you know, everything that's happened in my life, I think just reminding myself constantly of, you know, us being Christ-like in everything we do. That's our aim, right? We want to imitate God. We want to become more Christ-like every single day. Um, and that's through forgiveness. We know that God sent Jesus to the cross and that's the ultimate picture 
picture of forgiveness. So every single day when we make that decision to forgive, um, when we walk in forgiveness, um, I think that's been a picture of my life, of how I've been able to grow spiritually. Um, Danae, I love how you spoke about um, perspective. I think for me, when I look at the different season, seasons in my life that I've had to navigate, I can see growth, particularly in the Word of God and how it's always been there, but my understanding and interpretation has grown over the years. So I got saved when I was very, very young. I was still in school, um, but at that time it was more out of uh, a fear of God and of His wrath and, you know, the lake of fire and all of that. So, so that was what, what it came out of mainly. And as I navigated my teen years, uh, a couple of us at school started a, a teen Christian movement. And, you know, our intentions were really good. We wanted to serve God and seek God, but we were honestly, we're just a bunch of kids trying to figure life out on our own, trying to learn about God on our own, and it left room for a lot of misinterpretation. Then I got older and I started attending actual church and uh, I went from one opposite of the scale to the complete opposite. And I became an absolute super spiritual person. I think I was a very difficult and not nice person to be around. Um, it made me unable to empathize with people when they had challenges. I couldn't relate to people um, because I couldn't understand why their lives are not together and why they're not living according to God's word. So it was really, really difficult for me to connect with people. Then fast forward a few years later when I came to Rivers and for the first time in my life, I actually realized that God's word is actually very simple. It's practical and it has to be applied. Like how Pastor Andre always says, there's no point coming to church on Sunday. You get the word and you, I don't know, stirred and you're feeling however you're feeling. But Monday to Saturday, you don't know how to apply it. Um, you're not seeing breakthroughs in your life. And that was, that was a big learning curve for me that I can actually understand God's word. And if I don't, I'm sitting under the word every weekend. Um, I go to discipleship college. I speak to mature believers. I read a lot. Um, I didn't need anyone to lay hands on me. I didn't need anyone to pray for me and cost anything out of me. But it's me making that decision that I'm going to get a, a, a clear understanding of God's word and be able to apply that. And the funny thing is, even those years where, you know, I felt like a bit of a hypocrite because I was expecting perfection from other people. I myself was struggling with mental strongholds and things in my mind that I couldn't overcome. But once I understood that God's word is meant to help me on an everyday practical basis, I was just like, wow, you know, when things just start falling away from your life and you're seeing breakthroughs and it's just like, it's, it was just amazing. So I think for me, I can definitely say I've seen how um, I've grown in that area. Fantastic. I trust this is helping you at home just to think of your own life and where you are at or the season that you might find yourself in right now. I pray that this is speaking to your life. So last but not least, Pastor Yannette, let's hear from you. Yes, that's all been so great, Pastor Wilma. And I think one of the areas in my life that I've grown in over the years is in my awareness of the grace of God working in my life. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Ezra 7.28. And it was written in a time when um, the Israelites were in a bad patch in their history. But Ezra said this, he said, I felt encouraged because the gracious hand of the Lord my God was on me. And, and what I've realized over the years is that every time there's been a daunting situation where I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, how am I going to get through this, what I found is every time the grace of God had gone before me and had already prepared a way for me. So Dean and I went to Bible college in Australia. And when we came back 15 years ago, uh, it was really scary because we didn't have a plan. We knew we wanted to serve God, but we had no idea how to outwork that. But God in His grace had already prepared a way for us 
because during our time in Australia, we kept bumping randomly into Pastor Andre and Pastor Vilma. We didn't know you at the time, but we kept bumping into you. And when we came back home, we looked up Rivers Church and we've never left. And God had gone ahead and prepared a way for us. And I think of when I was pregnant with the twins. And I was really nervous. I wasn't sure how this was all going to work out, whether I was capable to be a mom of twin boys. And um, then we started talking about having a third baby and then having a fourth baby. And I got really nervous. And how's this going to work out? And how can I be a mom of four? And what about the finances? What about my capacity? But every single time, God's grace had already gone ahead of me. And he, and I, he gave me exactly what I needed when I needed it. And so I've just realized as I've journeyed along over the years that every time there's been a curveball, like perhaps an unexpected health challenge or any other situation that, that has looked scary or daunting to me, and I've learned that I don't have to freak out. I don't have to be worried because God in His amazing grace has got me. He's got the situation under control. He's gone ahead of me. His kindness and His favor will make a way for me at just the right time. And so I've learned, and I think it pretty much sums up what all the girls have said, is that ultimately I need to keep my eyes focused on Jesus and God will outwork what he needs to outwork in my life. I'm almost speechless when, you know, thinking of everybody's growth, sitting at this table and uh, how God is so good to us and he allows us to go through different seasons, but at the same time, we are growing new wood all the time, able to withstand storms and just take on life as it comes our way. So before I share from the Word tonight, maybe you are saying, oh, I wish Pastor Wilma was going to share on how she grew. And uh, time won't permit, but I, I do need to mention that I, I wrote a book called Small Beginnings. It's quite a thick book, so then you will realize how I've had to grow. But the main thing that I want to say about myself is that I gave my heart to Jesus almost 47 years ago, and I am still here. I'm still growing, I'm still standing, and uh, there's been a lot of forgiving that we've heard from some of you. There's a lot of releasing control. Um, there, there's just been so much that um, I've had to rely on God for, and uh, just staying with Him and remaining in Him, that has been what I believe will contribute to anyone's growth, and it's certainly my testimony. Now, you know, as spring arrived, I don't know about you, but I was born in spring, I love spring, but I, I found myself thinking about beauty and new growth, and, you know, we have lemons and grapefruit blossoms and, uh, in our garden, and the jasmine always excites me uh, because the fragrance it brings reminds me of how spiritually our hearts and souls is a garden. And we read in Song of Songs, Chapter 4, it says, You are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. You know, the fact that the bride of Christ is a garden means that there should be life and growth. I can't imagine God having a dead garden. There has to be life and growth. And I believe God takes delight in us uh, when we grow and mature. In fact, He expects it. He's a parent, and like all parents, we expect our children to grow up and become mature, responsible, and established individuals. 
You know, God's will for our lives, and it was already mentioned tonight, is to grow up and become like his son, Jesus. We read that in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, we are not meant to remain as children, but to grow up in every way into Christ. Have you ever wondered how the growth is actually supposed to take place? Did you know that God is a gardener? Jesus explains in the book of John how our growth takes place. So we'll read from John chapter 15, a couple of verses. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as I've already said, we're looking at the topic of growing. You know, I need to mention the importance of this lesson Jesus taught. It was the last lesson he taught before he was arrested and crucified. It's an urgent message and certainly one we need to take seriously. This is also the seventh and last of the I am statements of Jesus recorded in the book of John. He said, I am the true vine. Then he mentions that we are the branches and part of the vine. We actually beautify the vine with branches and fruit. But our source, our root, and our nourishment is Jesus. So that we in turn can nourish others. We are incredibly privileged, you know, to be sharing in the life of Jesus. And this passage does not only point us to bearing fruit, but a few thoughts here. We must bear fruit, meaning keep growing. We must bear more fruit, as it says in that passage, keep increasing. We must bear much fruit, keep growing in quantity, and we must bear lasting fruit, keep maturing in quality. Now, what is this fruit we are supposed to produce? I can just imagine if you are new to God and in the kingdom or church, you can see apples and pears and bananas. No, the first thought tonight is the fruit we produce is actually spiritual fruit. We produce spiritual fruit. Paul in writing to the Galatians, pointed out behaviors of the flesh and the sinful nature, which is the exact opposite to the fruit of the Spirit. We read that in Galatians chapter 5. It reads, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
Can I just stop at love for a moment? You know, this love is not the eros kind of love, the erotic romantic love. This is speaking of the agape love because I don't know if you've noticed, but the word love is bandied about in ways that God never intended. And what is called love is in fact not God's kind of love. And so the agape kind of love, that is God's kind of love. Then it says joy. Well, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We are rejoicing this year in the midst of very difficult circumstances. It is a fruit, amen. And then peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You and others around you will notice you have grown as a Christian when you display the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit has to do with character. And my second thought tonight, the kind of fruit we are meant to grow, besides the fruit of character, is also fruit of good works. A verse there that we can read is found in Colossians chapter 1. It says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. He's speaking to the Colossians. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So how can we grow spiritually, girls? It's a question I'm often asked to answer. So my first thought, just taken from John chapter 15, is remain in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. No matter how down you feel, no matter how um, battered you feel, no matter how much of a hypocrite you feel, Remain in Jesus. You know, the word remain is mentioned several times because if we do not remain in the vine, our spiritual lives will die. Just think of a plant in your home. If a branch breaks off, it will die. We should remain in his word and let his words come alive in us. Do you know what I've discovered? I've discovered there's such a thing as spiritual eating disorders spiritual anorexia, bulimia, because what I've noticed is people take the word in, but then they get rid of it, they purge it, they don't receive it into, them, into themselves. And that is not what God wants for our lives. He wants us to live in his word, abide in his word, and to devour his word eat and feed and be nourished from his word. So let the word be heard, read and obeyed. Amen. We cannot be part of the vine and part of the world all at the same time. We cannot do our own thing. We need to make the decision to be a disciple of Jesus and stick with him. If you're serious about growing, that's what you need to do. That's what all of us need to do. Hey girls, yeah. all of us, we need to abide with him. Amen. The Bible encourages us also to not only remain in Jesus, but to be rooted and planted in his church. And the results speak for themselves. Now I know that there are deficits 
And I know that the church is not perfect. And I want to say this is never going to be an excuse you can bring to God one day to say that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was not perfect because there is no perfection on earth. God takes the foolish things of this world and he confounds those outside of him with it. And he uses broken people. All of us at one time were broken. They probably are parts of brokenness in us right now. But this is what I love. I love Psalm 92. We use it often here at our church. And, and it reads, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. You know what? It doesn't say attend church. It doesn't say pop in every now and again. It actually says be planted, be committed, and be consistent with the family of believers. Each household is a household of faith. No one church is better than the other. God is not interested in stuff like that. The Holy Spirit is not going around with a logbook checking which church is the most spiritual, the most perfect, the most cool, singing the most hip songs or, or whatever. God is just interested in us being planted within a local church and giving it our best there, not popping in and out, and even now possibly online, popping from one church to the next. Stay with your church. Give to your church. Be committed to your church. Amen? And, and, and be serious about being part of the local church. My second thought about growing tonight is submit to the discipline of God. You see, Jesus explains that our Father is a gardener. He tends to us. He removes those parts from us that are preventing growth and fruitfulness. The tree is also shaped into something of beauty by the pruning. And we read in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Allowing for the cutting and pruning. Sometimes our branches have weaker, smaller branches. And if a bird sits on it or a gust of wind catches it, it can dry up and snap off. By the way, birds sitting in trees can be depicted as the world. They are there, but they, they do not contribute anything. The world cannot be allowed to nestle in our branches the way they think and behave, and especially the way they reject God these days. That cannot be part of Jesus the vine. No fruit will be produced. So God removes the branches where we may have allowed the world to nestle. God comes along and removes it so that it does not spoil our growth. He cuts off dead wood. The cutting of dead wood is not nearly as painful as pruning branches that already is bearing fruit. Have, you, have we actually watched what a gardener does? I love watching our gardener. They cut and prune and, and they look like they're destroying the trees and the garden and the branches. But after a while, new branches and leaves appear. Earlier this year, my beautiful ash tree got big black spots 
spots on it, on the leaves. And it was a fungus that spread rapidly. And in order to save the actual tree, many, many branches had to be cut off. In fact, we had to cut the, the tree practically in half. Well, it sounds brutal, but a gardener knows that in order to see shaping growth and health, some wild growth and infested branches have to be pruned for our growth. So we shouldn't protest what God wants to do in our lives because it's for our good and the good of others. You know, our fruit production is actually designed by God to give sustenance to others. So when we bear fruit, it is for the benefit of others. All ripe fruit are also objects of beauty and delightful to eat. And when we are mature and developed, then we look like we belong to the true vine. And there's no mistake that we are Christians who belong to God because of our character and our behavior. You know, it's quite simple. You know, you will not go to a lemon tree and expect to find bananas. Uh, you, you wouldn't go to an apple tree and expect to find pears. And this is the thing, you know, that the fruit that we bear becomes evident that there's something different about us. In fact, Jesus himself said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples by the love, the agape love you have for one another. And that's just one example of producing fruit that people can actually see that it's evident that you belong to the vine, you are grafted into Christ, and you have allowed your Father in heaven to prune off what is not of Him and to cut off what is not of Him and to allow the gardener of our souls to water us with His Word and to allow for us to grow. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 